You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last time, we hope. It seems like the draft was, I don't know, last month. Hey, it was last month, but hey, we took a week off. But today we're going to kind of recap the draft. If you didn't get enough of that uh, on your favorite Internet site and on TV and everywhere else, you get your draft information. Here we are to give you a little bit more of a taste as we record today on Wednesday, the 10th. First, just some news. And you'll you know, by the time you hear this, this will be all over everything. But the. uh the, uh, the, the schedule is being dropped and uh, some leaks today on, on Wednesday that it will be announced in full in total tomorrow. But, you know, they'll, you'll hear things coming through. But the international games, uh, each of the networks announced one game. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, too. But first, Alex, our mock draft. What, what did you think? I mean, we we hit we hit a few spots, I think. uh Six, but yeah, maybe we'll take credit for that seventh one. What do you think? We did better than than last year, Lo. I, I remember us, and I think we nailed a few more picks. I'm, so we are improving. We right. are improving by leaps and bounds. Obviously, Bryce Young went number one overall to the Panthers. I stuck with C.J. Stroud at two for the Texans, and we nailed that, Lo. A lot of things we're trying to drop there and you know the the texans were trying to make some noise that they're not going to take a quarterback they certainly took the ohio state quarterback i wanted to give the colts anthony richardson at four but i fell for this will levis you know talk for the past like couple of weeks i thought richardson was a better fit i talked about it how he would be a better fit in that offense and you know i dropped the ball i, I went with will levis so I'll never forget my I'll never forgive myself for that. Obviously, Will Anderson went number three to the Texans, not the Cardinals, but we give ourselves that that selection just because of the spot. Um, obviously, you know who else did we get out well, there? Nolan, Nolan Smith. We had him ten going to the Eagles. Now he does go to the Eagles, but he drops all the way to thirty. Which, I mean, I. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's got to be reasons for it. And, you know, they were talking on the draft like, oh, my God, they, are they really going to let the Eagles get Nolan Smith? He keeps falling. He keeps falling. And he just fell right into their laps at number 30. But uh, we had him going 10. So, yeah, why not? The Eagles got him anyway. So we'll give so ourselves we'll go, we'll, credit. We'll give ourselves <laughs> credit for that. OK, we will. And then obviously we had a run on the wide receivers, Zay Flowers to the Ravens. You got Jordan Addison to the Minnesota Vikings to pair up with Jefferson. And then I got to give you credit. I mean, you have some connections with the Chiefs. Somebody's in your ear. And obviously, you got the right selection for the Kansas City Chiefs at 31. Yeah, direct pipeline. Me and Veach go way back. I mean, he's, you know, Eastern PA guy. I'm a Western PA guy. Uh, no, I mean, that that name had been coming up over and over again throughout the course of the, the run up to the draft. Um, the fact that the way it fell. Uh, hell, I mean, if I if I knew that uh, Nolan Smith was dropping like a stone like that. But again, he doesn't really fit their their profile, I guess, as an edge rusher. 
Uh, he's a little, you know, leaner, a little quicker. I mean, I think uh, Spags likes him with a little bit more meat on their bones going back to his Giants days. So it just seemed to make sense. A Kansas City kid, I mean, you can't, can't make this stuff up. Uh, he was there, even though he wasn't invited, you know, it wasn't one of the guys in the green room, but obviously being there in town. So that, that was, that was pretty cool. That was, that was a good story. Um, you mentioned a couple of things at the top though, with Stroud, you know, all the Jesus, all the smoke around him coming, leading up to the last couple of weeks before the draft, the fact that, you know, noise is coming out that Houston, but the, the fact that they trade back up to number three, we thought there was a chance you know, that they'd come back up from 12, but, you know, to get the quarter, but now they take the quarterback at two and they come back and I'm just thinking, you know, somewhere in that building, they said, okay, I think the owner, the owner wants the quarterback, the coach wants, you know, their, their kind of uh, cornerstone to the defense edge rusher. So let's, let's make it both happen. So that was great. I mean, you, you can, uh, I guess we can debate over, did they give up too much? I mean, they, they gave up almost as much as you would if you were going up to get a quarterback. But uh, I thought that was, that was a pretty cool, like right at the beginning of the draft, here we go. And Houston's back on the clock and like, what's going on here? So I thought that, that was pretty cool too. Well, he certainly got the best defensive player in the draft. I mean, he was billed as that. I mean, he's kind of like the Von Miller comp, and they had to get this guy. They had to get a guy they can get after the quarterback because, I mean, that defense has been suffering. They needed to get the quarterback, and they needed to get an edge rusher. So that's what they did. But I'm surprised by a couple of these picks. But I love the Atlanta Falcons going with the running back at 8 we talked about it leading up to it, Lou. We debated this, and you and I said this would be cool. I think the Falcons might make the move for Bijan Bijan Robinson. You know that you know Arthur Smith would love that pounder. You know a running back they can, you know, get him fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred yards a season. That could be like a weapon in the passing game, and that was cool. I'm glad that the Falcons decided to go with another weapon. That running back there didn't shy away from it and taking a guy in the top 10. So then maybe the lightning rod goes next. Uh, I had, you know, I, I thought Seattle would be the team that no question, you know, Jalen Carter, Seattle just made too much sense. But again, you know, he, he may have been taken off their board. Who knows? But here you got Philadelphia. They were sitting there at 10 and they're like, we're not, we're not waiting. This guy's fallen. Uh, they have taken a pretty much a, a pretty, I don't want love or liking or a shine, whatever you want to call it, but they love themselves some Georgia Bulldogs. So why not? Let's uh, the Bears flip flip their nine and ten with with the Eagles, and they take Jalen Carter, and they end up with two dogs in the first in the first round, and all the talk is, oh my gosh, how you know. How are they going to let this? We're letting this happen. Aren't we letting this happen? They get like arguably two of the best defensive players in the draft, and they were in the they were in the Super Bowl last year. They got their quarterback signed up. Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman, all of a sudden has become a genius. And uh, but I just thought you know that that was one where it would have been interesting to see how far he would have fallen if the Eagles passed. Right. Because if they would have just stuck at 10 and took someone else, 
you know, how far does Jalen Carter fall? So that, that was an interesting one. And then at 12, when we, you know, again, there's a lot of talk leading up to the close to the draft where maybe Jameer Gibbs was being undervalued and the running backs, these guys are a little bit different. They're, you know, the offensive weapon. It's not just a running back. These guys can catch the ball. They can play in the slot and you, a lot of noise, a lot of, you know, reports, this, that, the other thing. And there you go. Detroit, after uh, Arizona had traded down with Houston, they trade down again. And Detroit comes up to get Jameer Gibbs, which I guess if you followed the noise, maybe they had to do that to get him. But it, it again, one of those aha or surprise moments where it just kind of gets you like oh my gosh they, they they're actually doing this they cut to the the uh, war room cam in detroit and brad holmes it looks like they just won the super bowl he's pounding the table you know chest bumping high fives all the way around he was so stoked when they made that pick so um I, you know, again, it was one of those things where I had Detroit as maybe having one of the strangest drafts, and that's that was kind of the first the first inkling that Detroit was going to be a little bit different that day. Well, it's interesting. Maybe Detroit panicked a little bit. I mean, Bijan Robinson is off the table, and then Detroit is like, hmm, we need to get a running back at 12 for Jameer Gibbs. I mean, this pairing, this selection is always going to be attached to to the player in this team. And if this guy doesn't get like 2,000 rushing yards, people are going to say, hey, they overpaid. Like, you know, like something is wrong. I mean, if this guy just turns out to be like a 1,000-yard rusher every season for the next like five seasons, it won't be good enough just because they, they paid a hefty price and they took him at 12. And he's always going to be compared to B. Sean Robinson, who went at number eight, you know, with, and was selected by the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, so again, that just kind of started their kind of weird voyage. And then, okay, they've got a follow-up pick because they were they started with, with the sixth pick. And that one, you know, Arizona traded down, then they trade back up. You know, it was it was one of the one of those nights, I guess. And uh, yeah, they, they come back with Jack Campbell, linebacker of Iowa, which I don't we didn't have him in the first round, that's for sure. Uh, I don't think anybody had him in the first saying a whole lot, but you know, again, another position that is looked at as being a little devalued in the league now, because, you know, linebackers have to, they're not 250, 260 pounds anymore, kind of patrolling the middle of the field. They're like 220, 230. They got to cover, they got to blitz. They're, they're running things down. They're playing in space. And this is more of a, more of a thumper type. I don't know. I, I, now, again, nothing against him, and I, maybe he turns out to be a great player. It was just, again, one of those strange picks where you're like, oh, okay, didn't see that one coming. I don't. It, it, do you see him more as a downhill guy? Is he a cover guy? Would, I, where would you rate him? I think he's a strong run defender. He's a good tackler. I mean, he has the size. He has the strength. I have question marks about his hips and his recovery speed in terms of matching up against like tight ends in the NFL I think in zone coverage he's gonna be fine to me he's like a I don't know the Dallas Cowboys linebacker Leighton Vander Esch there you go 
I like okay. Campbell. I like Campbell as a player. I do. I just think this is a little too high. Nobody takes inside linebackers in the first round anymore because you can find these guys late on day three, and you're going to find a starter from like the fifth round to the seventh round. But again, it's the lines. Like you said, they started this with the running back at 12, and then they decided to follow it up with an inside linebacker at number 18. Very strange draft. Again, but if these players turn out to be Pro Bowl type of players, nobody is going to... Everybody is going to applaud them, obviously. We'll see if it works out. Right now, everybody is down on the Lions. And they traded away DeAndre Swift for a fourth-round pick to the Eagles. So, obviously, Jamar Gibbs becomes that that starting running back by de facto now. Uh, we'll see. I mean, the Seahawks always used to have the strangest drafts, right? And then these guys, in like three years, become stars. and nobody And everybody's like... All right, they know something. Maybe the Lions are like the the new Seahawks now. Well, the proof is in the pudding because there wasn't, I mean, the quote-unquote linebackers that were taken were more of an edge rusher type. And you really don't see any in the second round. Uh, Certainly, Campbell stuck out in the first round. So, and then you start to see maybe a a few in the third. So that, I think that's, maybe where the sweet spot was but hey god bless them they they went for it and then uh you know then they started then they they made a couple of picks that could have easily been first round picks in the second round in laporta the tight end from iowa so they get rid of one iowa tight end hawkinson and they bring in another so that that's that's a nice trade there and then uh again they're moving and shaking in the in the second round trade up they get brian branch who we had in the first round so again it wasn't that it was a bad it was a, it's probably going to turn out to be a good draft uh in the th- then in the third round at the top, about the fourth or fifth pick in the third round, they take Hendon Hooker, who was, again, one of these guys that arguably, you know, first round, he and Levis were kind of going neck and neck. And then all the Levis talk that he was, you know, he was going to go in the top 10 and maybe Hooker, you're going to see him, you know, in the, in the bottom of the first round. And here he was still available in the third and Detroit snaps him up where now, again, the conversation rolls back around to Jared Goff. And I think we had this conversation uh, previous shows. Are they going to extend him? I think they like him. I think they want to extend him. But maybe this is just, hey, just in case, let's get a guy that we really like, that we can develop. Probably not going to play this, you know, the torn ACL. He's starting to throw. But, you know, the odds are he's not going to see the field this year. Uh, now they did that last year with Jamison Williams. I mean, that was in the first round and wide receiver, but again, they take a player at hurt, give him that red shirt year. And maybe if things don't work out with Goff, that you've got hookers sitting there, but, uh, yeah, I just thought Detroit was a weird thing because the second rounders look like first rounders, the first rounders look like second rounders. And then in the third round, they take a quarterback. So yeah, I, I was all, I was all in on that a little chaotic, but, uh, I think at the end of the day, they're, they're going to end up with the, with a decent draft class. Well, I mean, we saw kind of like quarterbacks go early. Then we saw a run on offensive tackles, right? Then we saw a couple of running backs sprinkled in there a little bit higher than they usually go. Then we saw a run on like wide receivers in the 20s. There's like four of them taken straight. Back to back to back. Yeah, right. I mean, this was where... 
I was sitting there, you know, with the Chiefs at 31 thinking, okay, well, it's either going to be like an edge rusher or wide receiver. And I'm saying, oh, man, these wide receivers are falling. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll get one. And then it was just like Seattle, the Chargers, the Ravens, Minnesota. Okay, well, now maybe we're not going to get one of our one of the top receivers. Uh, I really like Mingo. I don't know if that was going to be a first rounder, but uh, yeah, the, the runs came. That's for sure, especially in wide receiver there in the 20s. And then we saw corners and edge rushers. So I think everything sprinkled in there. Do you think the biggest surprise was Will Levis not going in the first round? Like not any team trading up back into the late first round before day one was over and getting him, locking him up? I mean, to me, that was that was a huge surprise. Yeah, I mean, obviously with everything else, I mean, I just have maybe a personal thing, a, a, not against them, but just the fact, again, he's started out as a Penn State quarterback, doesn't be, doesn't beat, and again, any there could be any number of reasons for this, but he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford. Now, Sean Clifford ended up getting drafted, which again was another shocker to me, uh, but maybe that's my daughter poisoning my mind against him being a Penn State student. For some reason, they didn't like him, but anyway, uh, now it, we talked about Kim. I mean, I don't know that there's a I think that was more of a shock to me that they go with, like you said, an inside linebacker in the middle of the first round versus Levis that, again, was a lot more hype because of his position rather than the player. Now, if you believe these GMs after the fact that they're actually Tennessee was trying to trade back into the bottom of the first round to get him. Uh, I know Veach was talking to him. He didn't m- mention a specific team, but he said they were getting a ton of calls, but it was too far back in the second round. Tennessee had the 41st overall. I don't think he wanted to go back that far because he thought, I mean, obviously, if they're trading up for a quarterback, they might go a couple picks down and still be able to get Uzama there. But yeah, I maybe um, it was it just with the, the value wasn't there. And I don't know if there were any other teams that, that were, but obviously after the fact, I'm sure it was Tennessee that was on the phone with them. I'm sure they were on the phone with Philadelphia and some of these other teams too. But uh, the way it ended up, maybe it's the best thing for him. So there's there's no there's really no pressure this year. If he beats out Tannehill, he does. If he doesn't, I don't think it's going to be as big a deal as if he was, you know, picked in the top ten. Um, so. Eh, not really not really that surprised who were your like favorite like best picks of the first round like give me a couple of guys that you feel in the are, first like, round we'll fits. see it at after the fact you know Devin Witherspoon going to Seattle was I thought was just a stroke of genius at that point I mean I you know obviously personally I would you know I wanted them to take Jalen Carter because quite frankly I just wanted to be right but just looking at it more you know just from a, from an analytical standpoint or just from a pure football perspective, this is the perfect Seattle guy. So now they've got Tariq Woolen, they've got Kobe Bryant, they've got Devin Witherspoon, they're, they're trying to rebuild the Legion of Boom, and they're well on their way to doing it. So I thought that was a great pick right there. Um, you had uh, the Steelers. I thought the Steelers trading up to get ahead of the Jets – uh, because uh, I'm sure I'm, 
you know, they say after, the, oh, Will McDonald was always, always our guy. We were going to take him. But the Steelers, to get ahead of the Jets to take Broderick Jones, masterstroke. I mean, New England gets to screw the Jets, and the Steelers get their guy. And then New England coming back, Christian Gonzalez at 17. I mean, that 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 trade worked out perfectly for both teams, and they screwed the Jets at the same time. So I think that worked in, in a lot of different ways. But Christian Gonzalez, who are a lot of teams, had him in the top 10. Uh, you know, maybe that was a spot for Seattle, you know, Oregon kid, Pacific Northwest, you know, whatever you want to connect the dots. But I think Witherspoon, just as a player, a little bit more physical, a uh, little stronger. I don't, I don't know if that's really the case. But it, Gonzalez, a little bit more versatile, more of a New England type. DB and they still get him at 17 after making the trade down. Uh, so they, again, can't, can't stress this enough. They screw over the jets because Belichick hates them. And I'm sure everybody in new England hates them. And, you know, they end up getting a guy that potentially could have been a top 10 pick. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's other ones. I mean, Kincaid slipping down to 25, you know, to, to go to the, to go to Buffalo of all teams, you know, they're looking for, you know, maybe they're looking for a slot receiver and the, uh, they all went, but here's the next best thing. We've got a, a tight end that can almost play a slot receiver. He, you know, he is a, a good route runner, has great hands, put up huge numbers in senior years last year at Utah. Uh, so that I thought was, was, a, was a very good pick. So there's, there's a bunch of them. I mean, Seattle coming and getting, you know, getting Smith and Jigba at 20. I mean, that seemed like, wow, Seattle really, they, they surprised me because like you said, Alex, I mean, typically they'll throw some names in there that like, okay, who, who is that? How, what, <laughs> and all, everybody's like searching their, their sheets or whatever. We had them in late in the second, we had them in the third and they come out of the first round with, uh, you know, with Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So arguably the best corner and arguably the top receiver, and they get them both. I was surprised that the Chargers went with Quentin Johnston, and they justified by saying that, you know, the guy has the size, the speed, yards after the catch. But they have those big guys already, like on the outside, with Mike Williams. Yeah, I, know, I realize they have Keenan Allen in the slot, but how long – can he keep playing at this high level? I would have taken Zay Flowers just because he adds, he gives you more speed. He can stretch the field. You can use him in the slot. You know, even though you have Keenan Allen there still, I just thought that was a little bit strange to me because Quentin Johnston, I thought Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers would have been better picks, just better fits than going with an outside wide receiver. And they then, like their big. They like their big receivers. They like them big. I guess, I mean, yeah, that, that seems to be the M.O. They always seem to go with, with size over it, but I just think you got to mix it up a little bit. And then, you know, Emmanuel Forbes going at 16 uh, out of Mississippi State to Washington. He's got great ball skills. He intercepts a lot of, like, passes, but going ahead of Christian Gonzalez, that was, that was a little bit of a surprise to me just because we haven't heard, you know, Emmanuel Forbes being mentioned in the top half of the first round. And then the Jets, you know, going with the gutsy pick, Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa State. Just kind of, you know, getting a guy that can also live in the backfield. But we haven't heard about Will McDonald even being a first-round pick. I saw him as a top 40, top 50 type of pick. So 
Now, that was kind of interesting, the fact that some teams valued some guys a lot higher and decided to pick them right there and then instead of trading down a bit, maybe picking up some of those extra picks, you know, on day two or day three and still selecting their guys. So to me, those were head scratchers, but we'll see how, you know, they they work out in the long term. Whatever feels like a head scratch uh, turns out to be, you know, a, a super pick and and uh, those those guys are probably going to go on and and be pro bowlers year after year. Yeah. Did you think? Now again, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to this, and I you know teams getting caught off guard. But when Buffalo did trade to with with uh, Jacksonville to go up to twenty five from twenty seven ahead of the Cowboys and take the tight end, do you think they were kind of it's. I don't want to say they were caught off guard, but I'm sure it almost looked like they they had him targeted, and that was their guy. Um, I thought. I mean, for the life of me, I think didn't we we had Mayor going there, didn't we? Yeah, and and that's only because we had uh, Kincaid already gone at, at number thirteen. But it just that one seemed because Mozzie Smith, you know, again, great player, whatever. But you didn't hear too much buzz around him being a first rounder. You mentioned Will McDonald. I, his name came up a lot, you know, around the Chiefs pick at 31. If they weren't going wide receiver, Uzama, McDonald, a couple of, you know, uh, Big 12 edge rusher, whatever you want to say. But what did you think of the whole Dallas thing there once Kincaid was gone? It was almost like. Oh my god! Because they showed him in the war room, and it just it just looked really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we see this every year: teams jumping another team and selecting a prospect that probably that team was targeting. And a lot of teams do panic; they're they're not ready for that because the trade comes at the last minute, and then they have to get on the phone to try to trade down. So they have to like anticipate that maybe something is going to happen, and then. I think in most cases, teams do panic and just take the best available player, the the best prospect on their board, instead of dropping down. I think Dallas would have been more suited to trade down, maybe even out of the first round, and they still would have gotten, like, Mazzy Smith, in my opinion. And you also, like, I always have this problem. Like, if you get a defensive lineman in the first round, and he's a very strong, like, run defender, He's just a run defender. If he can't get to the quarterback, if he can't sack the quarterback, if he doesn't have like a the closing speed to get to the signal caller, you wouldn't take these guys in the first round. I always have a problem with taking just a run defender, whether it's a defensive tackle or a defensive end, a guy that just doesn't have big sack numbers. He's not going to develop into a pass rush specialist. I always feel like you can get these guys on day three. And that's where my problem lies with Dallas. Like, if you want to get a defensive lineman, why don't you get a guy that, you know, knows how to use his hands, that has a quick first step, that can get after the quarterback? Because those are the types of guys on the defensive line that you draft in the first round. Because run defenders you can find on, you can find later on in the draft. That's probably my biggest problem with Dallas here. So we mentioned, uh, you know, a few teams, I've mentioned a few teams, you know, just kind of took some broad strokes on the, on the early rounds, but uh, just teams that I, get, I don't want to say under the radar had good drafts, but it just seems like, uh, you know, like, like the Steelers, this was Omar Khan's first 
uh, first draft where he was the, the general manager. And it just seemed like, you know, sometimes it just falls perfectly for you. You know, they made the move. Like I talked about the Broderick Jones and I, everybody had Joey Porter as a first round corner, but he falls out. They've got the pick Chicago's pick from the, uh, from from the Chase Claypool trade. So they're at the top of the second round, and there's Joey Porter Jr. sitting there for the Steelers, which for some reason we're not claiming that one because it's not a first-rounder, but we did have him go to the Steelers. So anyway, uh, but then they come back, you know, also in the second round, Keanu Benton, one of the one of the top you know, run stuffing defensive linemen. Again, you know, the guys that you just look at them. And you say the Steelers have a brand and that and they don't stray from it too often. And you look at a guy, that guy looks like a Pittsburgh Steeler. Darnell Washington, they come back to the huge tight end. Now you're sitting there, you know, they've got Fryermuth that looks like is an up and coming player. Let's double down, get another tight end. Let's get this thing rolling. So I thought the Steelers did a pretty, pretty decent job at the top of the draft as well. Uh, mentioned the Eagles a little bit with uh, Carter and Smith, but then they also in the third round, they're moving and shaking Steen, the offensive lineman from Alabama, Sydney Brown, you know, arguably, you know, the top safety or one of the top safeties, you know, coming out of Illinois, they go back to the Georgia uh, tree, if you will. Keely Ringo in the fourth. They trade for DeAndre Swift after Detroit, you know, took Gibbs. Swift was no longer, you know, a need for them and, and bang. So another Georgia player, by the way. But, you know, so they, you know, that was, wasn't was under the radar because all these moves just being hailed all over social media, on the broadcast again, Howie Roseman now is just the is the king, but those those are some teams um, I like. You know what the Packers did. Now again, that was maybe a little bit of a surprise there at thirteen. Not that they went with a defensive player, but Lucas Van Ness. You know, again, his name was you know you were hearing it. Well, maybe it's top ten, but no, nah, it's more in the middle of the first. Well, he might slip to the end. There you go. Bang. They, they stay on brand, but then they go offense. You know, let's let's give Jordan Love some guys. Musgrave, one of the tight ends that we talked about coming into their draft. Jaden Reed, wide receiver from Michigan State, which, again, I don't know. You probably, you know, there's a certain flavor of guy, and he may not have been one of my favorite flavors, but they went offense there, and then they come back with another tight end, Tucker Craft in the fourth. So you can kind of see what Green Bay wants to do, you know, coming up here with Jordan Love. So I, I like those teams, too. I agree with you, like about the Eagles and the Steelers. I thought those teams definitely deserved A's. But I'll mention a team that didn't have a first-round pick. You know, that's the Denver Broncos. And I actually feel that they walked away with a few really good players. They got Marvin Mims at the end of the second round. And they still have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But Mims is, you know, he's got speed. He can stretch the field. And I think he's going to develop into a much better route runner at the next level drew sanders from arkansas he's a big guy a versatile linebacker i really love what he can bring to the table riley moss corner from iowa you know he's got size and you know he does really well in zone coverage he's got very good instincts and then jl skinner from boise state you know like a an instinctive run defender this guy is 
you know, what, 6'4", 210? I mean, he kind of reminds me of, like, Cam Chancellor a little bit, like, coming out of college. So I would give props to the Denver Broncos, considering that they didn't have a first-round pick because of the, the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah, and you'd think, and it was uh, this, I don't say strange, but it was, you know, for a team that didn't have that much draft capital, I mean, they traded back into the third round with Seattle to get Riley Moss. So obviously they were pretty high on him and, you know, the elephant in the room. And, you know, I, I guess I'll go there. You don't see a whole lot of uh, white Caucasian starting corners. Okay. So not that that's a big deal that mean, but, but again, it's just sort of like this anomaly that happened in the draft as well that, you know, it, they get, these kids get downgraded and that not just that is he, Iowa, right? So you're not thinking, Oh, he must be slow or he might, you know, this, that, no, this kid is a great athlete can run, can jump, can do all these things. So I thought that was that I'm glad you mentioned that because that was a, a pretty, pretty, pretty nice move for them. And it's uh, every time Denver does something, it makes me, you know, almost throw up in my mouth to say that they did something good, but you know, whatever, that's just my personal problem. As far as like teams not having a great draft, we already mentioned them. I thought the Cowboys, I mean, once they missed out on Kincaid, they took Mazzy Smith. Okay. I mean, not a first round pick in my book. And then the only good pick was Deuce Vaughn, like in the sixth round, reuniting with his dad. And, you know, he is obviously he is, you know, on the Cowboys staff out there as far in the front office. I love Deuce Vaughn's game. Just, you know, a small guy. A lot of people are going to make comparisons to Darren Sproles, but he can help you in a number of ways as a receiver, as a runner, being that versatile type of back. That's the only pick that I liked out of uh all the all the selections that the Dallas Cowboys have so had and that's the reason why I just downgrade the Cowboys draft as a whole yeah they've been drafting pretty well lately but yeah I have to say that was you know they they did have kind of a strange trip those those few days so who knows I mean these guys turn on turn out to be good players uh, they do end up getting their tight end in the second round schoolmaker from from Michigan but um yeah again that was uh, one of the not as strange as Detroit, but, but just kind of, kind of a, kind of a strange thing. It's almost like they just complete. Again, now this is just my own opinion and just my conjecture. Is it seems like that first round they just got completely thrown off, and that just kind of killed killed them for the next few days. Um, and I also look before you and I have to criticize my 49ers. Okay, I do. Okay. I mean, I have a right to do this. He took a kicker. In the third round. In the third round. Come yeah, on, man. Even if he's the best kicker <laughs> in college football, even if he's got a great leg and he can do kickoffs, I get it. I mean, I get it. I understand. Robbie Gold is, you know, a free it was agent. almost it was almost a fourth round pick. It was the 99th pick overall. I think the first pick in the fourth round was 103. So, yeah, but I just I, I wasn't <laughs> does ecstatic. That, does that soft? Does that soften the blow at all? No, it doesn't. You can find kickers as undrafted free agents, okay? You can only justify it by saying that, you know, he's the, the best kicker in the game. He's been in big games at Michigan. You know, he's got a big leg. I don't care. He's a kicker, okay? So, and I, then I look at the rest of the draft, and I just, I'm not impressed by, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. I just thought they had 
a pretty weak draft as a whole as well. Uh, they didn't have a lot of picks, right? I mean, they're still still paying for the uh, the Trey Lance move, and uh, yeah, so it's it, it, I mean, it's difficult. But the the Rams seem to you know they they had a lot of picks, but none in the in the first two rounds. But they you know they kind of moved around the board a little bit, got some guys. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah I don't have much to say about uh, about San Francisco again. I guess lack of volume or whatever, and. You know, the first time you hear them called, and it's a kicker. So, anyway, <laughs> kickers are people, too. Were you surprised by the number of quarterbacks? I think there was, like, 12 quarterbacks drafted, like, in the first, I don't know, the, at least the first five and a half rounds. There was, like, 12 quarterbacks selected, which was, wow. I mean, you look at last year where it seemed like there were there were hardly any, and then this year was like, okay, let's go. Well, it's, it's those teams trying to find that Brock Purdy a lot earlier. And, you know, some teams just jumped for it. I mean, they really did. I mean, Stetson Bennett being drafted by the Rams, right? And the the, the coach and, and the GM, like, praising him and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously, Hayner, he went to the Saints. The Saints don't care about size. And, obviously, you know, they go with those guys. And I like O'Connell pick. Aiden O'Connell, I think it's my favorite quarterback in this draft. A bit underrated. Maybe he'll be a career backup, kind of that spot starter. But he goes to the Raiders. And the one thing that I can say is Josh McDaniels does have a friendly quarterback system. And I think O'Connell can manage there because they want a pocket quarterback. They don't need a guy they they can move out of the pocket and pick up yards with his feet. That's not who O'Connell is. He's kind of a statue back there. But I I like that pick at the end of the fourth round. O'Connell is is a guy, I think, the closest thing to Brock Purdy in this draft. A lot of people will say Stetson Bennett. I'm going to say O'Connell is my guy as far as that that mid-round quarterback. I like, uh, well, I professed my love for DTR leading up to the draft, so I'm not going to keep going over that. He ends up going the fifth round to, to Cleveland, of all places, I guess. Kind of fits there with, I guess, if he's not really a clone for Deshaun Watson, but it's a similar type player, I guess. Not as big, but uh, but Clayton Toon, this is an interesting one. that I mean, He went to pick right before DTR to Houston, and I like the fact that he's still proclaiming that he's the best quarterback in this draft. To that, Arizona. To, to, to Arizona. Arizona, yeah. So he actually may get a chance to play early on with you know with, with Kyler not not being able to play at the beginning of the season so that that looked like an interesting one to me you know Houston quarterbacks haven't always fared very well in in the annals if you would going way back to like uh David Klingler and um oh man who was the, who's the Heisman winner the the guy on ESPN, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andre Ware. Andre Ware. There you go. Andre Ware and uh, Case Keenum. So they've always, it seems like they always, a bunch of guys that put up a bunch of numbers. So let, let's see what happens with Clayton Toon. And just, I like the fact that after he was drafted and it was a fifth round pick, again, that doesn't matter, but just the, the confidence that he has in himself, I think, uh, you know, you got to have it, obviously. And it sounds, yeah, you know, like what else is he going to say? But to say that when you know you've got these guys going one two, 
he's still, you know, he's sticking to his guns. He's the best quarterback in this draft. But yeah, it seemed like there there was a lot, and there was. And then again, these little runs start, and they they just keep they they go they keep going. You got like you said in the fourth round. The other thing you mentioned, you glossed over Hayner, but again, New Orleans traded up, traded back into the fourth round to take him. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's a Drew Brees clone, uh, similar size, same number. I think he has some of the similar skills as far as movement and and being able to throw on the run and you know, like out of you know kind of getting himself in position and fi- finding throwing windows. So uh, that should be an interesting one. Again, obviously they got. Derek Carr there, but they're going to need somebody behind him, and uh, maybe Jake Hayner's that guy. I'm surprised, and you mentioned this a bit earlier, that Sean Clifford was drafted out of Penn State. I'm surprised he went in the fifth round to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, do the Packers know something I don't see? Because Clifford never showed anything to me to justify a fifth round selection. Well, at least in my daughter's friend group, and she does not a huge football fan, really not a bit, but, you know, she knows enough about the game, having cheered and so forth in high school, obviously listening to me over the years every weekend. But, uh, yeah, they, they just uh, – not a lot of fans there on campus that liked him that much. But, again, he beat, he beat out Will Levis while he was there. So, so he's got that going for him. But yeah, fifth round pick, Packers. Uh, yeah, we'll see. What do you think? I mean, what's going to, again, this is a little off topic, but Jordan Love. Okay, here you go. It's his fourth year. I thought it was interesting. I kind of a stroke of genius by the Packers. They don't pick up his fifth year option. And this was, I haven't, I haven't seen this or I haven't noticed this before where the fifth year option I think was going to be like 20, I don't know, like 20, 21 million dollars completely guaranteed. So instead of giving him the fifth year option, they actually extended, they signed him to an extension where it's like 13 million guaranteed at signing. They get a little flexibility on the salary cap and it's like, hey, let's let's see him play before we again guarantee that 20 million so that i thought that was an interesting move and i think you're probably going to see teams start to do that a little bit more with their first round picks and i don't know if it's just a quarterback thing or whatever or just really uh unique to jordan love because he hasn't played and it's his fourth year but i just thought that was a that was a really shrewd move that they made and kind of doing that contract a little differently i think the giants wish that they would have done the same thing with daniel jones before the season started, instead of giving him all that, you know, chunk change at the end of the year and locking him up. I mean, obviously the Packers have had great luck with quarterbacks for the past, what, 30 years? Yeah. They traded for Favre, and then they drafted Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to end here with Jordan Love. I don't think this quarterback bonanza will continue with the Packers, all right? Love... Was an the, overrated first round pick. Okay, well, the odds of him being it. an all timer are pretty infinitesimal because they have three in a row, right? So I'm I'm with you there, but I think he's going to be a little bit better than people expect. I don't know why there's like this just constant like let's dump on Jordan, but I think he's going to be pretty good. I don't know when he was you know when he played at Utah State decision making interceptions, turnovers. I mean, those were 
you know, my biggest gripes with him. And I think his field vision is very limited. He doesn't see things. He's got a strong arm. He can certainly sling it. I just think that the backers needs to surround him with even more weapons. You know, they need to get him even like more. Like they did. I mean, they, they two did. Tight they end, two couple. tight ends and a wide receiver. Uh, you know, it'll be obviously homegrown guys like they like they always do. And I, Christian Watson, another year. Romeo oh, Dubser from Nevada, from the yeah, from from Nevada. I think you know another year in the system. And don't underrate Tom Clements as a. He's not one of the first guys you think of when you hear about quarterback coaches, unless you're like really deep into things. But he was a, a, a huge key in Aaron Rodgers' development. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he, he talks a lot about Hackett all the time, but that was one of the moves that I think he initiated bring back Tom Clements, get him out of retirement to come back and coach. So I think that's going to be a key to Jordan Love's development. He's been with him now for a couple of years. Again, I don't, again, I don't not saying that he's going to be another all timer, another, you know, hall of fame quarterback three in a row. That would just be, I don't know that's ever happened before. I, two in a row is, is a little out there, but here we go. I'm not going to say that he's, just going to completely fall on his face. I think he's going to be a good starting quarterback in the league. Not again, not a whatever first bound hall of famer or even a hall of famer uh, at all. But I think he's going to be a lot better than people expect. Better than Jared Goff. God, he is such a lightning rod for me. I can't. It, I think I think when it's all said and done, I, he's got more physical tools. Jared's been through a lot. I mean, obviously he's been to a Super Bowl. I think he's done really great things with the Lions. I think he could get close in a different way. You know, he's not going to do it the same way as Goff, but just a little bit more mobility. He's going to get more yards for you on the run, off schedule plays. But uh, that's a good one. If he can be that good, I think the Packers would take that. I'm sure they will. But another question, Lou, is Justin Fields going to be the best quarterback in the NFC North in 2023? This season? No, I think I think that's going to be it's still, I think, going to be either, you know, Goff and Cousins. Say what you will about either of them. They are professional, experienced guys that are going to get get their teams into the right plays, out of bad plays. The experience factor isn't quite there. Now, Fields is going to have many more highlight plays, mostly with his legs. Hopefully, you know, he develops a little bit more as a passer. They're getting more weapons. You know, you've got DJ Moore now. You know, Mooney is not, a, you know, a number one receiver, obviously, with DJ Moore. Now, Mooney's going to, you know, his value is going to increase a little bit because there's not going to be nearly as much attention put on him hopefully chase claypool you know uh garners some of that rookie season and kind of get back to what what he was you know cole commit at at tight end so the the weapons have improved just by adding a number one receiver now everybody else i think it makes them better what does it do for justin fields i have to see it so I'm not you know, I'm not ready to put him at the top. Those two veteran guys are still good, but you know it's not where they're superstars, but they're certainly you know top fifteen quarterbacks in the league. 
Oh, that's not what Bears fans want to hear. You know, most Bears fans are like right now, damn, we should have taken Bryce Young, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, You know, it, it's hard to say. The whole quarterback in Chicago, I mean, I, I used to think, you know, being a Chiefs fan, I had it tough for years and years where it was just kind of these stopgap quarterback. You know, when are we going to get one of these young guys that like hits and then they finally do? And it's like, oh, this is a whole other world, man. Where the Bears, I don't know that they I, – I, like you keep going back. I mean, McMahon had a few good years there where the – I mean, obviously the defense was the story. And, you know, and he kind of – you know, he he did his thing. He had a personality, kind of fit in with the with the city. But they've never really had that guy, you know. And 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 right now, it looks like Fields could be that guy because of you know what he gives you with his legs. But yeah, he's really got to develop a little bit more as a passer. Or he's gonna, you know, he's gonna start getting injured, and then it's gonna be like, wow, remember that Justin Fields, you know, back in the day? Yeah, he could run it, but yeah, so. We're still waiting. Bears. And then Bryce Young becomes a you know a Hall of Famer, and then you know the <laughs> end of the story for that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan Poles, you know, he took a big swing, took a huge swing there. You know, making making that deal. Uh, you know, I we didn't really talk about their draft. There wasn't like a a lot of uh, glitz and glamour to it. But you know, they got themselves some some pieces on the O line, D line. So uh, let's see where that goes. But uh, just real quick. The, the games, the international games have been leaked. And the biggest one that I saw, obviously the Chiefs are playing. We're going to play in Germany this year. That was no secret. But the opponent was a little bit uh, spicy. It's the Dolphins, where even this week, Tyreek was talking a little bit of smack on some radio show that you know, I can't, couldn't wait to get back to Arrowhead. But now it's going to be in Frankfurt, Germany for that, for that one, week nine. And then uh, week 17, uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs, that's New Year's Eve uh, afternoon game. Uh, let's see what else. Black Friday, first Black Friday game in the NFL. Uh, that'll be on Prime and it'll be free to everybody. You don't have to be a Prime member, but that's uh, Miami at the Jets. You know, so. Uh, the Jets are going to be pretty prominent in the schedule. There's no question about it. Aaron Rodgers, New York, it's it's going to be nuts. And maybe next week we'll talk about some of the big matchups and you know when they're going to be played. But those are just a, a few of the the uh, wet your appetite pieces to the, the the schedule. Stay tuned. There'll be more games released uh, when this episode drops. Obviously, we'll know the entire schedule. Yep, tomorrow night, Thursday night. So check out check that out. Uh, so that's going to do it for our draft recap. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, keep sending your cards and letters. That's a little joke there. But anyway, if you can, please subscribe. Don't miss any of these scintillating analysis, opinions, and little nuggets that we tend to drop every single week. So for my pal Alex, this is Lou, as always. Ooh.